Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show who are Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, Ms. Aida, author, in, author of Who Do Justice Magic and Psychic, Binaural Production Engineer, Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great. Monthly co-host, Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And monthly co-host, Cap Baldwin, author of The Forgiveness Workshop. And this episode is being host, being, oh, what's that damn word? It's so early in the morning, sorry folks. It is being sponsored by Ginger... I forgot my last name. Uh, Ginger Glasser at Tarot by Ginger Glasser, Tarot at Ginger.com. And now I used, I used Ginger myself um, when I need some advice or guidance. And I highly recommend her. And you can find her at Tarot by Ginger.com. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Jason Wolhenhausen. And he has been on a few times, and he is here to talk about Ohm's Law and how it basically applies to everything. Thanks for coming back on again today. Thanks for having me, Gary. I, uh, you were the first person that actually got what I was saying, so it's always an honor to come back and uh, clarify. Yes. You're yes. Literally, literally the first person that got it. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I know that you did not create Ohm's Law, but I, the way you found different ways of applying it and how I believe that, you know, you're definitely onto something that's an absolute complete truth. And also, you know, like I, th- I think if there's a God formula out there, um, that, that this is at least part of it. Um, so give my listeners again, like, a, a, you, you know, usually we start out with a quick overview of, of what Ohm's law is and, and your theory on how it's applicable to pretty much everything. Yeah, exactly. So Ohm's law, basically, uh, when you break, take all the mathematics out of it, it has, uh, six different phases to it. So in the first phase, if resistance is constant and current decreases, potential difference must decrease. If resistance is constant and current increases, potential difference must increase. The next phase is the action constant reality or the current constant reality. And when current is constant, if resistance decreases, potential difference must decrease. And if current is constant and resistance increases, potential difference must increase. And in the final phase, if potential is constant and resistance increases, current decreases, and if potential is constant and resistance decreases, current increases. Once you put all those things together into this map that we've created called Ohm's Wheels of Life, uh, you can see how every action you are taking within your life at every moment of time falls into one of those six phases. And if you can understand the obligations those phases have on you, uh, then you can make better decisions and understand what obstacles 
obstacles you need to avoid and what obstacles you need to overcome because every obstacle we face in life is just a resistance. Hmm. Interesting. And I was watching uh, the videos that you had sent me and, you know, like one of them uh, was with Joe Rogan and he was just using a simple, you know, the simple example of waking up in the morning and not wanting to do what he had to, whether it was work out, write, uh, or something like that, how the choice came up to, like, you know, watch TV or do whatever. Like, like what phase is that? And, and how is recognizing that and overcoming um, those obstacles, such as a desire to watch TV or just be lazy versus actually getting some work done? Like, how does that apply into Ohm's Law and get us into the next phase? Okay, so there's actually two aspects that he's uh, touching on when he says, and that video is called uh, Science of the Observation. It's a series that I'm putting together now uh, using different clips from other videos because everyone is talking about this. They just don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So when Joe Rogan says in that video, the first video, I wake up in the morning and I've got all these things to do and there's just so many other options that come up. When you first wake up, you're in the potential constant reality because everyone, by virtue of being alive, has established some base potential. Right. So if potential is constant and resistance increases, current decreases. In that phase, the resistance that he's talking about is mental resistance. You don't want to do the hard thing you want to do, so you say, no, I'm not going to do it. And as a result, current decreases. You don't do it. When you choose to go and watch TV instead of doing the hard work that you need to do, you slip back down into the current constant reality. And if current is constant and resistance decreases, potential difference decreases, which means that as long as you are actively doing something, you are in the current phase and it is either a high resistance activity, which obligates growth, or it is a low resistance activity, which is actually taking away from your overall potential. And we're constantly procrastinating. Every time you procrastinate mm -hmm. from the hard thing you're supposed to be doing and you choose to do a, an easy thing instead, the result is that potential does not get established because the potential is actually decreasing. Mm. Fascinating. So once the potential has decreased, does that mean there's more likely of a chance that we're going to continue to procrastinate and the potential completely decrease until our completely exhausted of any current yeah that's exactly it because if you're in the resistance if you have something hard you're supposed to do that's the resistance constant reality it's everything it's hunger it's the bills you have to pay there's a certain amount of action we are obligated to take to overcome basic the basic resistances of life so if resistance is constant and current decreases potential difference decreases and then you create this little feedback loop where I've got this thing I need to do, but I'm not acting. So my potential goes down and my potential goes down. So I, I act even less. And you create this little feedback loop until your potential gets so low or the amount of action you need to take is so great that you just give up because you've created the habit of not acting. And that's very dangerous. Everybody is yeah. doing it on different levels, myself included. Yeah, There's always something we need to do that we put off doing. And every time we do that, 
it's more time for that potential to get established that it's going to take. Yeah, like like taxes, for example. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the other direction, if we wake up and we're faced with this hard choice of having to do something we don't want to do, and we do it, or even do it and do a little bit more than what we need to do, then how does that change the cycle? The second you engage the hard thing that you're supposed to be doing, you go into the current constant reality. And if current is constant and resistance increases, potential difference must increase. So the harder the task you're focusing your energy on, the more you are obligated to grow as a result. And no one wants to do it. It's the phase everyone on the planet doesn't want to acknowledge because everyone wants everything without any effort at all. And they all think they're entitled to it. And it just doesn't work that way because you must push through the, you must push through the resistance. It's your obligation. And the gift you get for having done it is the required increasing of potential that the law demands occurs by virtue of doing it. And when that happens too, the, the current increases, right? Correct. And when the current increases, that raises our potential. Exactly. So once you actually, your once your potential becomes greater than the resistance you're fighting, you go into the potential constant reality, which is at the top of the cycle. And if potential is constant and current in and resistance decreases, current increases. So once your potential is greater than the resistance, you overcome it and you are basically reached this higher altitude of potential. And you have more energy to utilize for different tasks again because you are now greater than the resistance you were engaging. Hmm. And then you can apply that to whatever comes to the next thing too. So so to me, like when, I, when I, I, I'm listening to it, I'm like, well, this is a really gradual step-by-step process of going up and going down. That's right. What, what is it that happens? And I think like, like I know you've experienced it. I've experienced it where my life has reached a certain plateau, it didn't gradually go down. It just plummeted. Yes. What, what is the cause of that? When, when when you just wake up one day and your house is burnt down and your wife is left, your dog hates you and runs away. Yeah, what happened is life is like spinning a bunch of plates. And there's basically seven plates that we are all obligated to get spinning and keep spinning. And one of them is relationships. One of them is education. One of them is your job. We have to keep all of these things going simultaneously. So when you find yourself in a high resistance, constant reality, because let's say your spouse finally was done with your crap and said, I don't want to be around mm-hmm. you anymore, which happens. What's happened is, is you're, you were in the potential constant reality, but as the resistance grow grew, current decreased and then eventually that resistance grew greater than the potential you had established which drops you like a rock into the resistance constant reality where you need to start rebuilding again Hmm. and it sucks is there a way to avoid that you have to maintain the potential you've established so if your spouse right (laughs) yes so if your if your spouse uh isn't getting the attention they need they will seek that attention elsewhere. So if you do not direct a certain amount of energy to that potential relationship that you've established, you don't periodically put 10 that garden, then uh, 
resistance will eventually in the form of uh, all kinds of resentments and things will start to grow. They're all resistances. But if, if the potential is established and you throw some energy at it periodically as required, then the resistance stays low. It will keep current is constant, res- potent- uh, current in, sorry, potential is constant, current increases, resistance decreases. You've met this person, you've built this life together. You must continue to put energy into that potential or eventually the resistance will start building again and you will find yourself back in resistance constant reality. Right. But instead, it seems like what happens is we get comfortable. As soon as we get comfortable, we neglect putting the energy into whatever activity it is and it becomes more difficult because we've neglected it. And then all of a sudden, because we put less energy into it, the resistance seems to be greater. That's right. That's exactly it. So when you start, when you go through the process of pushing through the resistance to create that potential, um, that's kind of like the foundational level of maintenance that that potential requires. So if you go through really, really, really tough times, you, you should expect that the maintenance of that resistance will require more energy thrown at it periodically than something that you achieved that was easy. Mm-hmm. So like a, a, a job is a perfect example. You either are putting labels on boxes in a warehouse, which they can basically put a sign on a road and have anyone off the street doing in a day, or you're going to school to become an architect or a doctor or something. But in order to be able to maintain that skill set, once you've overcome all the resistances to become the doctor, you have to do retraining, you have to do upgrading. There's all these different things that someone who puts stickers on boxes doesn't have to worry about, or they will fall behind as well, because eventually the circumstance around you is constantly changing, which is more resistance that you need to manage. So one of the things that we've done, I've done with you, and you've talked about on my show last time, like we we apply, you used this to apply it like to like economics and and how our economy, which way is going to go. So it can be used sometimes to take the existing data and present and predict an outcome. Um, how can how how do you do that? And like, what are some of the outcomes that you see coming? Well, that's a good one. Um, when they increase interest rates, let's say increasing interest rates is added resistance. Mm -hmm. So if you bought a house out of FOMO, fear of missing out, if you bought a house out of FOMO, um, and you pay 200,000 above list, let's say, which has been happening all over, which was happening all over Canada during the, during the pandemic. And then resist that resistance starts increasing. Uh, you're going to be in a real tough situation. The easiest way of just of seeing that is debt is a resistance. You get the potential of the money in advance of the energy output, but the cost is the interest. So as interest rates increase, if your potential cannot also increase. In the potential phase, so you bought this house, you borrowed this money, yes, and you took on all this resistance in the form of the debt. Um, 
the house is still the house as that interest rate climbs now, resistance increases, current decreases, the available energy that you have to work with is going to continue to decrease with every increase of interest rate. Mm -hmm. It's the perfect example, actually. So when interest rates are low, if the house is the house and interest rates are low, you have more money to play with. Interest rates low, resistance low, current up. But when they're doing what they're doing now, and they're talking about, I've heard, they're willing to go in Canada to 10% interest from one. Oof. If that's what it takes to stop the inflation. Mm -hmm. So that is a, that is a time bomb coming for anyone that bought a house for 700,000 that was 500,000. They're in big trouble, mm. especially if they can't figure out a way to generate, increase their potential, which is the amount of money they have in their savings account to pay uh -huh. for that debt. So, so what caused this though was a lack of resistance because exactly. the interest rates were low. That's what caused the inflation. The current goes crazy, right? And what happens is, is that if current is constant and resistance decreases, potential decreases, right? So when they're constantly printing money, the easier it is to access the money, the more, the less value it has, the less potential there is in it. And that's how they basically rob us of our savings, right? Anyone who's a saver gets totally screwed in a hyperinflationary environment which is what we're in right now and uh it's terrible i'm a saver mm -hmm. and i just see my money disappearing every time i go to the grocery store yeah i'm not so, a, but that's I'm interesting because yeah, i'm not a saver and i just i don't know i just spend money like crazy <laughs> <laughs> so i guess that, maybe that's why it hasn't really hit me that hard you know because it just means to me. To me, it just means maybe some less gas or uh, um, a couple nights not going out to dinner. Yeah. See, for me, I became very conscious of a shift coming socially. So about three years ago, I made it my priority to live within my means. And I not only am I've stripped everything back to the point where I can save every month which means I've saved enough now that if I lost my job tomorrow, I can keep stay in my place for like three years. I can have food in my belly. And that's the key. It's about surviving the low. It always comes back. But right now we are going into the, the descent and we don't know how deep that is and how long it's going to last. But the, the ability to ride out the low is the key. And most people, because when they're just giving money away and it's losing its value, mm -hmm. people spend like drunken sailors. It's amazing. Hmm. Who knew? Who knew <laughs> if you tell everyone money's free that they would spend tons? Right. <laughs> and then how about like like outside factors? Like how do they play into it? Like, for example, I would say like probably the next concern these days would be something like global warming. Oh, Absolutely. That's a coming high resistance, uh, circumstance. Mm -hmm. And as we've talked about before, no matter what anybody says, 
100% of the climate change issue has been caused by monetary policy. When you let people spend more money than they can physically generate through their labor and you disassociate the value of that money from something real like gold that everyone agrees upon, people spend more money. And when they spend more money, they buy the bass boat, they buy the sea dew, they buy the trailer, they spend, and all of those things trigger factories to make more, which creates jobs, which is why they like it. But the long-term consequence of you spending 10 lifetimes worth of money in 20 years is this environmental catastrophe. It is caused 100% by monetary policy. The, the, the burning of the fossil fuels is bad. We wouldn't have burnt as much if we didn't have access to enough money to all travel the country in Winnebago's every su- summer. <laughs> right? right? So it's a, it's a hell of a situation and they'll never acknowledge that. They will, they they say, Oh, we got to go green. They want, they have all these plans to solve the problem, mm-hmm. but none of them involve changing our lifestyle, which is why you know it will not work. Our lifestyle is the problem, 100%. So, so what type of lifestyle should we be seeking? I think you have to live within your means. I believe that if you only make X amount of dollars, then mm-hmm. you need to overcome the resistance of re-education and earn more money, or... You have to accept that this is what you have to work with and you have to stop diving for the carrot every time they reduce interest rates and open up the playground. And that takes a lot of discipline. The average person doesn't have it, which is why we have a real problem now. So one of the common things that comes up with on my program and with a lot of my guests, and it seems to be trending a little bit, is people going off grid to live, living off the land, living more in a community type of lifestyle, you know, um, not using money, growing their own food, making their own shelters, and just becoming self-sufficient outside of the current system. Is that a good way to go? I think if we had a system where everyone had a basic energy grid allotment, and anything you required beyond that, you were obligated to generate yourself. That's a big step in the right direction. You can have the energy you need for your stove and your fridge mm-hmm. and a TV, let's say. But if you want five TVs, you need to generate that power. You need to do what you need to do to do it. If you can go completely off grid, it's good, but it's still it's not really attainable for the average person, especially when what has happened with the land costs, the average person now could never acquire the piece of property that you would need to actually generate enough food to sustain you. Hmm. There's a lot of like urban gardens and these things. They're nice ideas, but the average person has no clue of how much food they actually need to produce in order to be able to sustain themselves for the winter let alone into the spring when you have to tend your next crop. Mm -hmm. Most people, uh, the first few crops are going to fail. Did you ever see James Burke Connections or The Day the Universe Changed? No, I've never seen it. There's a series from the BBC where he basically explains how everything's interconnected, very similar to what 
I'm trying to do, except that he was using a lot of history. And he said, goes through the whole process of a catastrophe. And it's one thing to get out of the city if there's a complete calamity. It's another thing to find the place where you could actually and have the skills to be able to sustain yourself. And it's resilience is always better than non-resilience. Right. All of these preppers are way more resilient than the average city dweller. Mm-hmm. And that's a positive. But the long-term sustainability of that is very, it's a lot bigger resistance than the average person thinks going into it but it's good you got to try interesting because one of the i think one of the other results of of this type of movement too is like you mentioned the land prices being too high and that's just it's not doable in a place like canada or here in the united states so as a result a lot of people are going to central and south america now and buying land there but i i think you know i'm I mean, I see that as fine in a short term, but if everybody does that, then what happens to Central and South America? Well, and climate change is real, and it is getting more and more aggressive. And I'm thinking you don't want to be too close to the equator in another decade. Mm -hmm. Just saying. I think collective, working as a little group of like-minded people, to establish something that is sustainable further in the ideal climate. That's the trick. And that's going to take a lot of resources. Um, it's doable, though. But I, I don't know what South America is going to become in a decade. Like we talked about last time about the ozone layer. Mm-hmm. And then I sent you that picture of they found a new ozone hole right over the equator. Um there's a lot of craziness that's coming down the pipe. Wow. Are there any things, any craziness that's coming down the pipe, pipe that we are not aware of that, that you're starting to notice? Well, America is going to have a civil war. It's all just a matter of how, how many times does the pendulum have to swing and how more, how much more extreme does it have to get with each swing? Because America is on a very clear path mm-hmm. of self-destruction. It's pretty much, it's almost biblical what you see happening in America right now. And that's going to uh, create a ripple effect through the entire planet because everyone's beholden to the U.S. dollar as the reserve currency. And they will lose that status at some point because... Every country in the world needs to get U.S. dollars to pay their debt. Right. They turn money into a commodity instead of an energy transfer agreement. And that mark, the whole stock market is just a crazy mess of irregularities. And it's just a mess. Wow. So, so do, do you think that the civil war, it, like, like, first of all, when you say the word America, are you talking about the continent of North America, like U.S. and Canada, I'm, or just United I'm States? Just United States. I think personally, and I've said this for decades, Canada, where which is where I am, Canada has a front row center seat to a biblical event, and it is the imploding of America. Mm-hmm. And the entire world, thanks to YouTube, is going to watch in horror as it happens, and everyone is going to pause 
and go, we do not want that to happen to us. And I think that the rest of the world is going to hopefully find some level of restraint when this event happens so that it doesn't spread too widely. Because right now there's problems all over the third world countries that as in, that are not being broadcast in the media. They don't talk about it at all. Like the Sri Lanka thing. Yes. That's actually happening in so many places right now. They don't even acknowledge. They learned from the Canadian trucker convoy to not put a spotlight on it. Because the Canadian trucker convoy spread like a virus all over the world because of all the attention it got. So now they've just, there's a total media lockdown of any dissent until the government falls and they have to acknowledge it. Mm. And that's what Sri Lanka has, has shown. Um, do you know about the farmer protests in Holland right now? No. Yes. Yeah, so no one's talking about that. So basically what's happening is the government is creating all of these new regulations in regards to fertilizer use. They want to reduce fertilizer use by 35% in like five years. And they basically told people that uh, 40% of the farms are going to go bankrupt because of this. If we have, if we use 40% less fertilizer, we get 40% less crop yields. Now, meanwhile, they've been telling us for years that there's a food shortage coming. And they are simultaneously at the exact moment that they've been preparing us for the idea that food's going to get really expensive and there's going to be less of it. They are cu cutting the feed off the farmers by saying you can't use fertilizers for environmental reasons. What's really happening is the big global food production corporations, they can buy carbon offsetting credits they can still pollute all they want as long as they have the money to pay the speeding ticket in the form of carbon credits. Mm -hmm. The little guy cannot afford to do this. And what it's really turning into is a land grab. They're forcing a whole bunch of 40% of the farmers out of business in Holland, which is the second largest food producer in the world other than America. Uh, they're basically forcing them out of business and forcing them to sell their land. And they aren't having it. And their motto is no, no farmers, no food. And they have shut that country down. Mm. Like there's, they have blocked food distribution centers. They are not having it because they see it for what it is. There will be no less pollution from this. It'll just be more corporations with more land buying their way out of the pollution. And it's just a lie. Wow. But you haven't heard anything about it. No, I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, if you Google uh, Netherlands farm protests, mm -hmm. it's all over the place. And it's getting really ugly now. And uh, how do you overcome that resistance? Because that's what they're doing. The government is the established potential. They're increasing resistance. They are reducing flow. And eventually the resistance will increase to the point where the farmer loses the potential they've established. They land in the resistance constant reality and right now here in Canada there's an ad on the radio saying that we've created a 1-800 number for farmers to call in case that uh, they're having undue mental health issues because of all the changes that are coming this is actually an ad on the radio 
So what you've got is you've got the most resilient members of society who are completely self-sustaining, for the most part, relatively armed. Uh, and now the government has put this phone number to call so that they can figure out which ones are mentally unstable. Hmm. Incredible. And that's all happened in the last two months here in Canada and in Holland. Wow. So, so we got global warming, we got economic issues, and we have civil war. And a coming food crisis. And a food crisis. That, so that's a lot of plates falling at one time. It is. We are in biblical territory here. <laughs> Which is just terrifying. It's terrifying. So, so how, do, how, how can we use Ohm's Law? To survive such a clan. Well, that's why you have to get your own house in order. You have to, you, you really can't look at those big picture things because most of them are so much bigger than any individual mm -hmm. can overcome. And you can't get so mired down in it, which is part of the reason that tactic of manipulation works so well. You become so overwhelmed that you just stop acting at all. Yeah. And you have to look at the little things in your life, the little resistances that you can overcome and the big resistances that you can overcome. If you spend all day just compulsively clicking through the internet, looking at all this disaster porn, you are going to do nothing and you cannot do nothing. Now is the time to build the most resilience you can have in your own life. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole bunch of little things. And we can, we can, we can do lots of things to make our life better. Because at a certain point, you cannot help others unless you have a solid foundation for yourself. And the law, Ohm's Law, teaches you how to build that. It teaches you when you need to act and when you should act more and things you should stop engaging in, the habits that you're creating as far as where your energy is going to low-resistance activities like playing video games and watching YouTube and all that stuff. At some point, you got to break those habits because that's what that's what they become. You get depressed, you lay in bed, mm -hmm. and you scroll YouTube or Twitter or whatever it is, and days go by. That's where uh, you really got to break that habit and look at the little things you can do that slowly increase your potential over time. Do you think, um, like, work and money will... They'll stay in place. Will like people still be able to keep a job, work, and, ha and make money and be able to survive, or or is pe are people going to have to really start learning how to live off of their own ability to survive, like their own resources, their own you know have to become creative and actually figure things out for themselves in order to survive. If the fall is that great, it's too late to figure it out. So I have to be the optimist that says, you know what, things are going to get bad. And there's so much inertia behind the average person's life that keeps them in check. The average person still gets up and goes to find something to do to pay their bills. And they, 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 they find their way. I don't go total Mad Max with these things because if it goes total Mad Max, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You just need a an axe and a shotgun, 
right? Yeah. And that if it goes that way, you can't even go there. You have to think about resistance is increasing. What can I, if if potential is constant and you can, or sorry, if you cannot increase your potential and your potential is locked, if you can reduce resistance, current increases. So the average person is kind of locked in this position right now where they have what they have and they need to be able to maximize what they have. And the only way to do it is to reduce the other extraneous resistances that aren't bringing you any benefit. Resistance is actually good. It's the reason we grow and it's the inspiration to act. Mm -hmm. So you need to understand that if potential is constant and resistance decreases, it's the same as potential increasing. It's more current flow. The result is the same. If you can't make more money, then you need to look at what you can get rid of in order to increase your flow. If you can do that, that's the beginning of resilience. That's what resilience is. It's the potential to adapt. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, unfortunately, the average person's resilience level is so low right now that we are in a dangerous state for the average person, which is why you need to focus on your life and getting your life in check because everyone has a bunch of stuff they can get rid of and they need to now. You you got to cut off the, the, the sandbags to make the balloon go higher. The balloon is the balloon. It's the potential you've established. It's your life. And there's all the processes you have to go through that Ohm's Law shows you to expand that. But when you are in a big downward cycle, your potential is also limited as a result. Doesn't mean you can't do anything, mm-hmm. but you have to be more realistic about the goals that you're setting as a result. Of so it's interesting because when I'm picturing this in my head, it's like as an individual, I have my Ohm's Law cycle. But my Ohm's Law cycle is contained within a larger Ohm cycle, which is probably contained within an even larger Ohm cycle. Absolutely. So, so there's this almost a spiral of different energy currents that we live within. And each one is interconnected with each other. And it affects us. We all like to think that we have the potential to be anything. And we're raised to believe you can do anything that you dream of. But the truth is, is that we are all born into a different resistance circumstance. Every person in your bloodline that came before you made a whole bunch of decisions that led up to the creation of you. And some families were conquerors and they saved and they built things and other families just existed. It's not fair, but it's the way that it is. Mm -hmm. So we can all increase our potential. But to think that we can all be a Bezos, that's just not reality because there's so many, like you say, cycles that come into play at that moment in time that created Jeff Bezos. Amazon was going was inevitable based on the idea of people being interconnected through technology. Mm-hmm. Then comes the selling of things and the, all of that. That was inevitable. He's the one who pulled it off. But if it wasn't him, it was going to be someone else because it's inevitable. So you can't use him as the benchmark of, well, if I'm not a millionaire by the time I'm 25, I'm useless. Because it's not, you aren't in that circumstance. And sometimes it's just timing, which is the outliers, the book outliers. Every once in a while, someone's just in the right place at the right time. There is an element of luck to it. But every person 
that luck has benefited amazingly to was doing the work. Sometimes the wave you trigger by doing is so much bigger than you anticipated. And we call that luck. There's no one that luckily became uh, Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. It's not luck. It's uh, And that's why I love Stephen Pressfield, who is also in that video, uh, the new video. Right. Stephen Pressfield is the closest one to figuring it out, but he's only seeing it from one phase of the law. He's only seeing it from the potential constant reality, and he's almost exclusively dealing with only mental resistance, which is why I really, really want to talk to him. And which is why I chose him as the subject of the first video. He's written five books on resistance and he doesn't mm-hmm. even have the formula and they're all bestsellers, wow. which is amazing to me because when he actually sees the other layers, he's only seen looking through the keyhole right now. Once he sees the, the bigger picture, his brain is going to go on fire. I can't wait to talk to him. That's fantastic. How does this apply to, um, from scientific terms, like like when we look at the, the entire universe is energy. Everything is energy. And um, you know, one of the things that, that I sometimes think about when I think about this Ohm's Law thing is about the, the idea that the universe is expanding either or contracting. The, does Ohm's Law play into, you know, our, our view of the universe as well, in which way the universe is evolving or de-evolving? I can see the cycle in it. If it's expanding, then potential is increasing. If it's imploding in itself, then resistance is increasing. But as far as the inner workings of all of that, that is way beyond my pay grade. I've got a friend that I write with who uh, he's heavy into that kind of stuff, and he's kind of working on those explanations. But it is so... It's so overwhelming on that scale, but you can see if it's growing, potential's expanding, and if it's decreasing, resistance is in, resistance is increasing. You can see where, if it's decreasing, move current is slowing, and if it's expanding, current is increasing. You can see that the variables all at play there. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, uh. I, I hopefully I'll figure that out when I'm 70. <laughs> How about spirituality? Does spirituality play into this at all? Like, like we're, we're, you know, and, and if, if spirituality does play into it, um, for example, like where would re- re- religion fall? Is religion a resistance to spirituality or is it a current of spirituality? Let's just talk spirituality first, Mm -hmm. and then we'll get back to religion. If you are depressed, let's say, I personally believe that that the current aspect of the equation is spirit. It is the thing that animates you, is the energy going through you. I believe that is your spirit. I believe potential difference is your mind, and resistance is your body. If you break it down to mind, body, spirit, there is a, a a way of using it to see what's happening within you. So if resistance is constant, let's say, let's say your body, you get in a car accident and you're in a hospital and 
you can't move. So resistance is constant and it is high. Um, if you do not find within yourself the energy to try and move, current decreases and your potential will decrease as a result. This is, this what's, is what creates a lot of mental health crisis. So if you spiritually cannot inspire yourself to act, you mentally, uh, your mental potential goes down as well. There's a, you can see a correlation there. Mm -hmm. If you have in your mind, I can do this and the resistance is constant and you say, I'm going to do it. Your spirit or energy level will kick in and then a little feedback loop will happen between spirit and mind, spirit and mind. I equate it in that way to spirituality. If you are in the current constant reality, let's say, you are driven, let's say. If your spirit says it's time to move and you enter the state of constant action, the more your mind says, I have to do this, the more your body will move with it. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yep. Got it. So they are all interconnected. And if current <coughs> is spirit, it works. And if mind is potential difference, which it is because potential difference is also called motive force. It is the reason that you move. Mm -hmm. uh, the stronger the motive force is within you, the more you will move, the more your spirit will move as a result. Hmm. Make sense? Absolutely. You know, um, so our, our, our spirit, our souls will, will affect our, our mental perceptions. And then Absolutely. our mental perceptions are going to affect our physical reactions and our, rea our actual physical reality. Exactly. So how I explain it in, a, in one of the textbooks is that you've got a cause, effect, and result. If the cause is resistance and current decreases, then potential difference will decrease. But also if, if, uh, if resistance is constant and potential difference decreases, current decreases, you can see whichever one is it, it is affecting mm -hmm. is affecting the other. There's a cause, effect, and result. Sometimes the spirit is the effect and the cause is in the and the result is in the mind or the mind is the effect and the result is in the spirit. It's beautiful actually in its simplicity. So I personally believe that most mental health issues are from a lack of action. You face oh, a constant yeah. obstacle and you are your unwillingness to act spiritually right. triggers a mental decrease in potential which feedbacks as less action which feedbacks as less potential in your mind um it's kind of beautiful really it is interesting I've seen it in myself oh yeah me too so so where do you think religion plays into this do you think religion is a current that increases our potential or is it a resistance that decreases our potential? I think it was originally the Ten Commandments, let's say. Each one of those Ten Commandments are really a guide 
to resistance management, Mm -hmm. let's say. You have to don't kill somebody. Well, why don't you kill somebody? Well, if you kill someone, you destroy their potential. But also, if you kill someone, uh, you are going to increase resistance on yourself because that person knows people that are going to come after you. Mm-hmm. Do not cover your neighbor's wife. Uh, if you have an affair with your neighbor, there's going to be an angry husband. Everything in the Ten Commandments is resistance potential management. And in that way, from the base time that it was created, it created this huge potential. Unfortunately, because sometimes resistance is good. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as it becomes more institutionalized and the people that inherit that institution become addicted to the power it holds, it begins used in a way that is not positive to the individual because eventually an idea will take on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And once that idea is its own living thing, um, it has more power than any individual interacting with it. The Pope has the power to say things, but the institution is what people are actually coming to. So these ideas, it's like thoughts are things. Eventually, oh, they, they take on a life of their own. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone else is kind of managing it so that the resistance doesn't get too high and collapse in on itself. Um, we have to stop looking at resistance as bad. People generally hear the word resistance and they go, fight, we got to fight. But in the resistance phase, it's there to inspire you to act. Mm-hmm. If you are hungry, it is inspire you to move and find the potential of food. In the current stage, it is there to force you to grow. The higher the resistance when you are constantly engaged in activity, the more you are obligated to grow as a result. In the potential phase, it is there to be managed, but there are some resistances that you as an individual cannot overcome. It holds you back. Mm-hmm. That re- That is the resistance holding you back. If If your mind is keeping you from doing something, you have locked yourself at your current potential level because you are not forcing yourself to drop back down to the resistance phase and start the process over again so that you can grow. Most people are locked in their own established potential and it's low because hmm. they haven't gone through the process of expanding it. Now, is there any hint in just a simple word Current, like, why do we call current current? Because it's an odd thing. Because when I think of current electricity, I'm thinking of energy moving in a particular direction. But if we think of current as in time, I'm thinking of the absolute present moment and not looking at the past or the future. Sure, is that a coincidence? I think we don't understand time at all. I think time, if if your potential is a certain amount and you add this resistance to it, the amount of current determines the time that it takes to... Time is a ruler. Yes. And um, I think the more we... The more energy we can direct at something, the faster things happen. So I think our whole understanding of what time is is completely... 
so partial. We only understand a little bit of it. But you can see directly through energy law that the harder the task, the more energy it will take. And the more energy you can muster, the faster it will be overcome. Mm -hmm. That's a ruler issue. Like it's, it's showing you how time is actually faster or slower based on the resistance and potential circumstance that you're applying it to. It's a time is the side effect of the energy you're putting in. So Elon Musk actually said it perfectly. You can work eight hours a day and do the job in a year, or you can work 16 hours a day and do the job in six months. Most people don't have the luxury of being able to do that because of all the other resistances and responsibilities they have in their life. But he's fundamentally correct. And that's what uh, Stephen Pressfield says in the video too. Just sit down, tape paper in the typewriter and start. And even if you only do it for a half an hour a day, you don't have to write the whole book in a week. Just create the habit of sitting down for a half an hour a day. And even if you throw 90% of it away, the habit is starting to form and the time will get compressed as you get closer to reaching the goal. And then you'll have this thing that you've manifest uh, through a half an hour a day for two months, let's say, mm-hmm. other than sitting there going, well, if I can't write it all in a week and if it's crappy the first time I do it and it's not perfect the first time I do it, then right. I'm just going to give up. Right. And that's what I'm, I'm kind of saying like with, with this whole idea of current is if – I'm directing my energy <clears throat> right now in something that's in a current present moment and producing, I'm going to get results. If I am not focusing on a present and just looking at things that I could have done or want to do, but not actually doing, then I'm wasting that energy. Yeah, exactly. What you're doing is you're not, Every time that you are just regretting the past or thinking about the future, you've locked yourself in the potential constant moment. So your potential isn't increasing or decreasing. Your mind is just wandering willy-nilly all over the place, and your current is dropping as a result. So you're you're less active as a result of not staying in the present moment. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important. Mental resistance is going through the roof, Every time you're sitting in regret of the relationship that didn't work or the job that you lost, all of that is reducing your ability to direct your energy because you're locked in your mind. And that's why staying in the present moment is so good. If mental resistance can be lowered, even though your potential isn't growing or changing, you do have more energy to do things with. It's what you choose to use that energy for that determines your growth. Mm. It's either going to go into a low resistance activity or a high resistance activity. High resistance activities obligate you to grow. Low resistance activities, they, your potential to do other things just goes down as the resistance you're engaging becomes less. But really, you're locking yourself at your present ability level. Uh, every time that you regret the past or dream about the future. It's important to have a vision of the future. You need to know what you're, what you're building. Mm-hmm. You have to, but this idea that you're, I'm going to create a vision board and it's all, if I focus on it long enough, the universe is just going to conspire for it all to magically happen. That's 
50% true. <laughs> yeah. The part that they're not talking about is the doing. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the problem with like that whole secret thing. You know, it's like, it's only half of the element. Like, like if, if you do not put the energy into it, you're not going to get the results. Can you imagine how many fewer books The Secret would have sold if they actually told you, oh, and by the way, the more you want, the harder it's going to be. Mm -hmm. I don't think that would have sold as many books as just leaving it all to the universe. Yeah, and, that, and that's the oldest truth there is. The, the, the harder you work, the better chance you have at being successful. Or a lot of times, too, even... You know, like Edison with the light bulb, you know, story, you know, where he had to try, fail a thousand times to get that one success. And it's biblical, right? As after, guard, after Adam and Eve are kicked out of the Garden of Eden, God says to them, by the sweat of thy brow, you shall work till the day of you die. Because they were in paradise, which was the potential constant reality. And they were kicked out of it to the resistance constant reality where they are now obligated to work until the day that they die. Mm -hmm. It's all over the Bible. I believe that every story in every religion is trying to teach you this formula, which is why we call it the first principle or the divine pattern. It is so interlocked into the narrative of those stories that each story is an attempt to describe this thing that they didn't have the formula for. And the ancient Greeks called it Logos, which was the divine animating principle. And then it became the word that inspires action. And then it became the logic behind the argument. The further they get away from the actual formula, the more they change the meaning of this word Logos. But really what it was, was it was the divine animating principle. It is the reason everything is moving and obligated to move and grow. But they couldn't find it because it was like... 600 BC. Do you think that the divine or the creator of all this or the consciousness, whatever it is, reality it is that we're living in and whatever is creating it or causing it to happen is also subject to Ohm's law? I think the law is the creator itself. Hmm. I think the law giveth and the law taketh away. I think every time you read the Bible, Replace the word the Lord with the law, and you will see it in a whole new context. I think that they were looking for this. Uh, basically, there was, no, there was nothing. There was the void, and God spoke. Let there be light. And God spoke is the first vibration caused by the first reaction. Right. And in, in Hinduism, uh, the underlying foundational reality is called Brahman. Mm -hmm. But... Ironically, um, the extension of Brahman that is sound-based, vibratory, is Om, O-M. So there's this thing that is God, which is not a person. It's a, it's a principle, which they could not find. And then Om is the first vibration caused by the first reaction, which is why when you chant that, you get closer to oneness with it. Mm -hmm. And then as you enter a state of oneness, which is beyond duality, there is no positive or negative, there is only one, that one is Brahman, which is a principle, not a person. And then everything beyond that in, in 
all the religions is an attempt to explain what that principle is through through stories. Mm. But that gets lost along the way. As religion becomes institutionalized, the law becomes the Lord. And that's why I'm going to get shot one day like Salman Rushdie. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, stabbed in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think that, that, that this first principle of Ohm's law or Ohm's law in general is the complete formula or like the God formula or the particle formula of, of our existence? Or do you think it's a piece of it? Do you think there might be more that we haven't realized yet? I think what I'm excited about is if I can dedicate my life to teaching people how energy law is affecting their experience, it will trigger in someone else. Let's get back to the foundational laws. And I'm kind of showing them a way to apply it in a greater context. What someone is going to do with gravity what someone will do with all of these things. That's not me. Mm. I'm just kind of showing that there is another way of looking at these foundational principles that keep them foundational. And someone else is going to start doing this with a whole bunch of other ones. And that's really exciting to me. But I do believe this is the first one. I think beyond it, there are infinitely more of them. But until you learn how to direct your energy and accept the fact that resistance plays a specific role and it's not always bad it's essential mm -hmm. that is the key to someone else figuring out how gravity applies to your life too they just need to see this new way of looking at it and that's what i'm hopefully contributing to but that's beyond my lifetime right but that's why i i really enjoy having you on because i too believe that the recognition of, of, of how to apply this, the Ohm's law to situations, to ourselves, to economics, to global warming, to spirituality, to expansion of the universe, and, and probably even on some quantum levels that we don't even understand yet, will yield results. You know, I mean, I, th I think it, this, the perspective is what is needed and that's what you provide is this new perspective in a way of, of looking at it in a way of using it. And I, I use you as an example to people all the time when I'm talking about it. You are, you are living the law right now. This whole podcast, what was the resistance that triggered the action that caught, that got this podcast started? COVID and depression. Exactly. You needed to act or you were going to, you know, go to the rope shop. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so your action, COVID was there. There was nothing to do. And you decided to put your energy into a podcast and the potential that podcast drew as a result. And I'm sure that once you were doing it, what were all of the additional challenges that you did not anticipate when you thought, Hey, I'm going to do a podcast. What, what are all of the, when you were actively doing it, what were the extra resistances that forced you to grow and learn as a result of actively doing it. Right. And, and it was a lot of them, you know, I had, to learn how to, I had to learn how to find guests. I had to learn how to edit. I had to learn how to interview. I've had to learn how to market. I've had to learn how to not let it drain my bank account. <laughs> so yeah, there's exactly. all kinds of interesting challenges and, and it continues to grow. That's it. Cause you're a terminator. 
if everyone put as much energy into what they were doing as you put into what you're what you're doing, that they, they would all be establishing different potentials. Can you imagine the world we would be living in if everyone just realistically realized the potential of themselves, even if ten percent of the people did it? If ten percent stopped watching Netflix and were actually investing that energy into doing anything, can you imagine how different the world would be? Well, that's one of the reasons I, I do this too, is because I know that people are seeking content. Uh, it, it's such a simple thing that 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 is overlooked. So if people are seeking content and say they're just wasting their time watching cat videos, why not create content that might actually increase? people's potential if i create content that increases people's potential and more people's potential is increased then that can possibly create a change on a global scale and it increases your potential as a result because this is the potential you've established your 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 podcast now exists you overcame all the resistances of learning everything you needed to know to do it now you can roll out of bed 10 minutes before you got to talk to somebody (laughs) and you can just do it right because now that potential is constant so as long as you keep managing the daily resistances of finding the guests and doing all that other stuff as the resistance goes down it becomes easier Mm -hmm. it's beautiful and you're a living testament to it like you were saying you've done like six interviews in a day like it's madness but as long as something doesn't happen that spikes the resistance to a level where mm-hmm. you have to stop again. Now you've established this greater thing. Right. And it's beautiful. And it has worked. Like you mentioned like that too is like, you know, I've recently be, had, um, oh, geez, I had Lyme disease first and then I had some kind of pernicious anemia and then I just had COVID again. And because I've built up such a strong current though that I'm still able to continue going. And those things don't completely stop this podcast. It's, it slowed me down. There's no doubt. It's, it slowed me down. But I have, haven't allowed anything to, you know, bring me to a halt yet. Yeah, and that's because and not you put in to. the energy to establish it. It's real now. It's not in your head anymore. It's a real living thing that you just have to manage because you have reached the higher level of established potential. It's beautiful. It's so simple that it's offensive to people who don't want to do anything or that they think that what they need to do is so beyond their grasp. Most people's reach is so extending their, their ability that they're not willing to do all the things that it takes to get their ability to the level of their vision. Mm -hmm. That's why you guys, like Stephen Cressfield says, just sit down and start. And know that over time, it will become something. But people just go, well, if it can't be perfect immediately, then why even bother? And they're missing the point completely because they're viewing all resistance as bad. Yeah, instant gratification. It's deadly. (laughs) Deadly. (laughs) Uh, I want to thank you for, for coming on again. It's always a pleasure having you. I'm looking forward to putting this video out. This will be our first video together, too. Yeah, we're going to, uh, I'll, I'll edit it into something that'll be nice that'll work for both of us. Cause this is, this is the resistance that I've had to come up with and overcome this time. So now I've got an extra camera on me. I'm recording secondary audio of me. I'm screen capturing the both of us just in case your capture fails. 
and um, you're going to send it to me and I'm going to put it together. I'm going to add some graphics to it and we'll see uh, because people really need to see the formula in action to understand Mm -hmm. what we're talking about and to see that it is this complete system. What did you think of the first video? I thought thought it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Did it all make sense? It makes, of course it makes sense. I mean, this whole thing has made sense to me from the very beginning. So yeah, you know, that's, what impressed me is like that you came up with this and it's so obvious it's so simple it's so obvious the only issue i think maybe like you've mentioned it too is it's not the answer that people want to hear you know it's like what i gotta work no (laughs) i want it now and and, you know that so it's not necessarily the the answer that people want but it is the is the truth. It is the absolute truth that cannot be argued. And like in philosophy, when you come up with the truth, if people cannot argue it, then it's an accepted truth. And I think that's what we have here. It's Schopenhauer. All truth goes through three phases. And it's energy law too. First, it is ridiculed. Because if they can ridicule you, if if the resistance of ridicule makes you run away, then it is not, you are not don't believe it in enough to defend it. Yeah. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. When they ridicule you and you do not go away, they will threaten you with physical force. If you still stand your ground after that, it will be declared self-evident. That's the third one. And the reason that self-evidence is given to it, and everything I'm saying is completely self-evident once you understand it, the reason... Self-evidence is the last defense against a truth becoming an established truth is it's to minimize the achievement of the person that figured it out <laughs> so that they do not get the power mm. of their achievement. And that's Schopenhauer. And that's beautiful because that's energy law too. Yes. He's observing the resistances that are going to be caused by the action that you're taking. And uh, it's amazing. I love it. I, I have so too. many quotes now from so many sources that they're all seeing it. They just don't know what it is. Yeah, it's just not being presented in a way that you're presenting it as energy. And, and I also believe, too, one of the things that I like about it, too, is that because you're using Ohm's Law and is, you know, we're talking about energy, and we're in a time now, too, where more and more people are recognizing, recognizing. that everything is energy. That, that, that we're made of energy. So it just, it solidifies it even more for me. For me, what it was, was I've known, I've been working on this for 20 years now. I've known that the only way that this is going to actually take in society is through a massive negative circumstance. And I've never known what that circumstance was going to be. But I knew I know that the average person is not open to new ideas unless their circumstance gets so bad that they start looking for real answers mm. instead of delusionary ones they've convinced themselves of. So we are a perfect storm of bad circumstances where more and more people are seeking any knowledge that is outside of the norm because they need it now. Yeah. People need this now. Your life is not going to be what you dreamed it would be, 
but you can still have a good life, but you need to know the rules and you need to know them immediately. And these are those rules. I, I completely agree. And I could have said it better myself. <laughs> um, so before we wrap it up, where's the best place for my listeners to find you? The website is seniorthinktank.ca. And if you just Google YouTube, Ohm's Law of Life, Media Vision 100, uh, that will, it will come up right away. Okay. And there's all kinds of content there. If you go to seniorthinktank.ca, there's, uh, some mini books and, uh, chapters of things that you can download for free that will teach you the basics of the formula. And on Facebook, it's, uh, there's a Facebook group called The First Principle, Ohm's Law of Life, The Divine Pattern. If you go into Facebook and type in that, then you will find the group and there's all the more content there that's teaching what this is. Fantastic. And you don't have to Google it because I'll put the links in this episode. Perfect. <coughs> uh, easy. I'm still coughing from COVID. <laughs> How many times have you had it now? Five. Wow. I am pretty much the only person I know, though, that hasn't had it, <laughs> other than my parents. My parents haven't had it either. Hmm. But we are hermits, so it's working out good for us. Yeah. Yeah, no, five. The first time was bad. Then the, the three times after that were, were like nothing, like, you know, scratchy, throat, whatever. But this last one, it wasn't bad, but, but I did have symptoms. So Interesting. The new, new variant has gotten trickier. It's got, it's overcome resistance. <laughs> well, and that's exactly what it's doing. That's exactly what it is. And that's why, uh, these things become something that never goes away. Yep. It only has one job to maintain its potential. Yeah. And overcome it. It, it, it doesn't care about anything. It's not alive. It just, this is just that base program running again, right? Mm -hmm. It exists now. It's an established potential and it is either going to find new ways to increase resistance, which will decrease your current, or it will lose its ability to increase resistance. And as resistance decreases, it will lose its effectiveness until eventually it disappears. But it's tricky. It is tricky. It's interesting, though, because even that, it's, it's, it just proves, you know, this Ohm's Law thing is applicable to absolutely everything. Look at it this way. If current is constant, resistance increases, potential increases. So if, if the virus is moving throughout society, the more bodies it infects resistance, the more potential it has. The less bodies it infects, the less potential it has. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the formula is infinite. And that's why even down to a, a virus is following this pattern because it's all there is. So you better learn it. And you better get on the right page because we are, a, we are right at the door of something crazy that's about to give here economically that is going to increase everyone's resistance to a level that they have, we have never experienced in our lifetime. Yeah. So you better know the rules. Absolutely. Cause I think we've ignored the rules and that's what got us here. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. That's exactly it. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on. It was a pleasure for talking me. to you. Uh, again, I'll put those links in the notes of this episode. 
And uh, hang on for one moment, and I'm just going to play the outro. Perfect. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. You can also buy the book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon, and it will change your life. Because remember, everything that it says was first imagined. loved what you listened to today, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Again, thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable with Gary Cochulio.